Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. Hello, everyone. Here we are on the last Sunday in Ordinary Time. Next Sunday is Christ the King Sunday, is what we normally call it, but actually it's entitled Christ the King of the Universe. That's a really cool title. But next year is the end of the church's calendar year, and we end with remembering that Jesus is Lord, meaning no president, no dictator, no billionaire, no military force, no charm, no human activity or effort is Lord of the universe. Jesus is, and he rules with the love of the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, to be close to Jesus, to bring our lives under his lordships, that he can reign in our minds, hearts, bodies, souls, marriages, families, friends, hobbies, grandkids, retirement, that he would guide and lead our whole life is to be on the side of the winner. Because to be the king of the universe means you reign supreme over every other power. So that's next week. But this week, we end the church's calendar year with a reading in the gospel about Christ coming again, and talents. And in order to make sense of this, I want us to back up a minute. Some of you may know that before I was in the seminary, I was studying to become an actor. And like most actors or aspiring actors, I had my favorites. Of course, Al Pacino in the movie Scent of a Woman is one of the best actings I've ever seen. Or Robert Duvall in the movie The Apostle. Meryl Streep, of course, is just a legend. But when you're in acting school... One of the things you study is script analysis or script study. And this is what every actor does when they get a script. They read the whole story and they find out the beginning, the middle and end. And really talented actors have people employed to read for them to say, is this even a good story? But then they read it themselves because they need to know when they're acting how that scene serves the larger story. Otherwise, they won't know how these little moments of conversation are building to the great either reconciliation or great fallout, whatever the type of movie is. And so the same thing is true for our faith. There's a great story God has been telling with humanity. It's a legend. It's the meta-narrative. Meta meta meaning beyond, narrative meaning story. So it's the story behind all other stories. And if you get this right, you can make sense of world's activities, our own story, and you can live with a lot more purpose and mission because you know where you are in the chapter of the story and you know where you're going because you know how it's going to end. So let me tell very quickly the story And different theologians have told it different ways. So there's five main chapters in this story. You can call it creation, the fall, Israel, Jesus, and the church. Or you could call it created, captured, called, rescued, response. So different words, but kind of the same main events going on. So let me unpack these. In the beginning was God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Pure ecstasy, joy. God didn't lack anything. He wasn't bored. He wasn't on a power trip. He created the rings around Saturn, all the galaxies, every star, the planet Earth, 
that would be perfect for his favorite creature, namely you. The majesty of a sunset, all right? The glory of a starry night. The intricacy of animals and creatures. He created all of it for you and me. All of it is for our hearts to be captured with fascination, to be passionately in love with the beauty and goodness of creation, and for it to move us to say, if this is how beautiful creation is, how wonderful is the creator? So that's kind of chapter one. God creates everything for us and calls us into friendship with himself, that all of creation is beautiful, but man and woman called to love one another in God is the pinnacle. And so we're called to share in his divine glory. But quickly, there's an enemy who's rebellious and envious. And this enemy, the devil, is hell-bent on you and me, keeping us from recognizing the goodness and love of God and our call to share in his life and to enjoy creation as a gift. And so, quite literally, due to original sin, we fell from grace. We got captured by the enemy, and we've lived under the enemy's reign, war, divorce, Anger, unforgiveness, abuse, sin, scandal, all of it is because our hearts are no longer in union with God and in love with one another because we have fallen from grace. So that is the captured portion. Created, captured. The call is the holy nation of Israel. God calls Abraham and says, you will have offspring more numerous than the stars. He raises up leaders like Moses and David. He gives them the law to say, hey, here's kind of the, you know, the highway guard so you don't go off the road that leads to me. And of course, the prophets to call Israel back. And this call of Israel is that Israel would learn to live according to God's pattern of living and therefore be a light to all the nations that people would see in Israel. They have a God that is wonderful and they're fully alive. And it was meant to have all the nations stream towards Israel and come under the life and love and lordship of the God of Israel. But they were always rebellious. They kept saying no. And they had a problem. There was something called everlasting death. Moses died. Abraham died. The prophets died. Over and over again, they would get going and then the leader would die and they'd disperse again. And so the reign of everlasting death was destroying them. But God kept making promises like little whispers. I will establish a covenant with you forever. I will put my law on my heart, on your heart. You will love me and I will love you. We will be one again. This was to arouse Israel in hope and longing for God to act on their behalf. And he does. Cue the chapter called the rescue. God enters into this world in Jesus and he comes into this world to do battle, not in a violent way, but in a victorious way. He wants to fight for you and me. Remember, we are the crown of his creation. We're the ones he wants to live with and share his own divine life with. And so he sends his son, Jesus, who does battle. Jesus is born. And the first thing we hear about the effect of Jesus in the world is King Herod tries to kill all the kids under the age of two because worldly powers are threatened by Jesus because political leaders and military leaders want to pretend they're God. And Herod knew only God was God. And if he could kill this baby boy, he could stay in charge. But of course, Joseph and Mary protected Jesus, went into Egypt, and then came back out and raised him. And Jesus began his mission of preaching the good news that the kingdom of God is at hand. Sin can be cast away. 
the prince of this world will be destroyed. And he dies on a cross and rises victorious to show there was everlasting death. Jesus goes into the everlasting death and bursts forth, bringing forth a new gift to humanity, everlasting life. Jesus rises and sends the Holy Spirit into the heart of the apostles and the church. And the church begins to spread. Men and women begin to be united to Jesus and being united to Jesus, Jesus won them back. All right. They begin to taste God's original plan in the first chapter called creation. This is what it means to be redeemed. To be the redeemer means to regain things for people. Jesus regained for us the hope of God's original plan that creation can be a place of peace and beauty and that we can have fellowship with the living God again. And so this brings us to the next chapter called the church. The church is the time we are all in now. God's given us the grace of the Holy Spirit, the sacraments, the scriptures, the lives of the saints, the teachings of the church, the beauty of church architecture. And we are now called to live in this time as we await the end time, which would be, if you will, the last, like the binding of the book, the back cover of the book is Jesus comes again. And this is where we find ourselves. And so when Jesus teaches in the gospel this Sunday, listen, he's going to come again and you don't know when. What he's trying to say is you don't know when he's going to come. So what are you doing each day? See, the script study shows us that the time we're in now is in between the fullness of time where Jesus beats sin, Satan, and death and gives us the Holy Spirit so we can claim victory and the end times when he comes again in glory to bring everyone who says yes to him into the beauty of God's own life. We're living in this in-between time. That's our script study. That's our analysis of the scene. And so it's as if Jesus is saying to you, what are you doing right now? Because you know how it's going to end. I'm going to come again. And I've given you the teachings of the scripture, the church, the saints. I've given you the grace and the sacraments to help you. What are you going to do now? So let's read the beginning of the gospel. We have the talent story. The guy was given four, two, and one. The guy with four said, what am I going to do? Because I know you're coming again. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try to get you more talents, Lord. And he invests and gets four more. Well done, a good and faithful servant. The guy with two says, hey, I'm only given a certain amount of time to impress you, to show you that I love you and I'm doing great things for you. He invests the two, gets two back. Then there's the guy with the one. And he says, I know you're demanding and I didn't know what to do. So I just kind of froze and buried it. And Jesus says to him, like, like, you got nothing else? He says, no, I was afraid. I was paralyzed. And Jesus says, see this guy? Let him be an example for you on what not to do in this time. Jesus is going to come again, and he's simply going to ask you, what did you do with your life? I love the Christian writer C.S. Lewis. I haven't read many of his books, but one of the things he says in Mere Christianity is, Jesus does not compare you to other people. Right? He looks at your life and says, I allowed you to have a certain kind of life, and I know there was bumps and bruises and pains, but I also gave you the church and Jesus and friends who called you forth, and you got to hear the gospel. So what did you do with your life? And this is where all of us have a reflection this week, right? We're getting towards Christ the King Sunday next week where we celebrate that he's the Lord of everything. And the question is, if he's the Lord and we are united to him through baptism, Eucharist, 
confirmation, the scriptures, a life of prayer and holiness. What does our life look like? And so we don't need to go from zero to a hundred, but maybe we need to go one step in the right direction this week. So I want to ask that you take some time and say, what is something I need to do to respond, right? Created, captured, called, rescue, response. If Jesus died and rose and won victory for me over all the powers of darkness, how do I respond to that? Of course, there's the surrender of our life to him and say, Lord, I love you. I'm on board. But there's another response. Love of neighbor. Who in my life do I need to forgive? Who needs a phone call right now because they're lonely in COVID? You know, a lot of beautiful men and women, uh, wisdom figures, maybe grandparents are alive and rather isolated. Have you called? Can you take five minutes and say, Grandma, I only have five minutes. I just wanted to say hi. Can you take even more time and say, Grandpa, I never knew the story of when you were in the war. Would you want to tell me that? This is the time this next week to show Jesus. Jesus, to prepare for you, I gave people the gift of love of time. I spent an extra time this week praying a rosary. I read a book or watched a YouTube video about you. I listened to St. Basil's podcast this week. So as we're in between, right, this time of Jesus has rose victorious and gave us the Holy Spirit, and we know he's coming again in glory. Let's make St. Basil a parish that's alive with spreading the good news by how we live and how we speak. May God bless you this week. And please, this week, if you can remember, pray for me. I'm on a silent retreat. So what will I be doing to prepare? I'm going to be alone with him all day long, every day. I'll see you next week for the great celebration of Christ the King Sunday. May God bless you all. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.